Welcome, listeners, to another Transformation Church Sermon Podcast. Let's prepare our hearts to receive the Word of God. Y'all doing good today? Come on, it's Baptism Sunday. Y'all doing good? It's a good day. It is a good day. Come on, why don't you give Jesus a little praise in this place one more time? Come on, he's worthy of everything. We had, we had an amazing time last week in Resurrection Sunday. We had 15 people say yes to Christ and say yes to eternity. Uh, several people this morning, already two people this morning said yes to Jesus. Come on, you're going to have people in your family in heaven because of this house and what God's doing. And then, and then, like I said, we have more people signed up for water baptism than we've ever had today, ever in the history of our church. Like 60 people, I believe, uh, signed up to get water baptized. I'm going to teach for a few minutes on water baptism. Uh, it's just going to be an awesome day. It already has been. And I'm believing for hope and life change for you. And um, I'm going to teach on water baptism. I'm going to speak uh, predominantly to those that are going to get water baptized. But I'm also speaking to the whole family of God. And I believe the message can relate and uh, impact you. And maybe you're in this place today and uh, you know that you maybe need to take a step of water baptism. Maybe you've given your life to Christ and um, you haven't taken that next step of water baptism. Every time we do a baptism service, we make it available to everybody. And so we have shorts, we have hairnets, we have flip-flops, we have towels, we have, we have everything. We have floaties. No, we don't have floaties, but we got everything you need uh, to get water baptized if today the Lord moves on your heart. And so uh, it could be your day. And uh, maybe today you need to give your life back to Christ. I'm going to give you that opportunity as well. And it's just such an amazing season in our church. God's doing something very special, and I'm just humbled to be a part of it. Uh, there's something in the, in the scriptures that's powerful about water. Uh, God uses water over and over in the Bible uh, to really save people. And when I say that, um, he doesn't use baptism or water to save people, meaning to go to heaven. Um, someone asked me last week at Easter when that, they heard about water baptism, they said, do I need to get water baptized to be saved or to go to heaven? I said, of course not. No, no. It has nothing to do with eternity. It has everything to do with here and now. And so when, when the Bible uses water to save people, I'm going to get into that a little bit. It's always to save us from this wicked world to save us from the, from the filth of culture. It's to save us. How many know when you walk around this world every day, you get dirt on your feet. You get, it's a, there's residue from being in the world system. There's residue from the world, and, and it's just a reality. You can be, I don't, I don't care who you are, as, as a human, as we're on this planet, there's some residue. And so water baptism through the scriptures always would wash that off, or it was a statement of being buried with Christ, uh, burying that, that demonic, wicked culture of the world and then being risen to new life in Jesus. And so we're going to get into that. Uh, I'm going to look at Jesus' water baptism today. Uh, Jesus got water baptized. And some, some people say, well, do I need to do it? Well, Jesus did it. And so uh, may, maybe that just is enough for you to hear. And uh, it's very powerful. Jesus did it. 30 years old, he comes on the scene. He's showing up. And uh, he's about to start his ministry. He's got three years of ministry that he does. And, and now um, at, these, at this 30-year mark, he's kind of being, being pushed to the forefront. His cousin, John the Baptist, has really been the forerunner. Uh, the Bible calls John the Baptist the forerunner. John the Baptist has been preaching about Jesus. That's his cousin. He's been saying, hey, there's going to be a Lamb of God. He goes out into the wilderness. John the Baptist is out there. He's water baptizing people. And he's baptizing them for repentance from sin. And what that means is repentance just means to turn away from uh, a certain thing and turn to God. You turn away from and turn to God. Many people turn away from, but you turn to something else. Most addictions run lateral. 
And so if you don't turn away from one thing and to God, then you just turn to the wrong thing. Does that make sense? So repentance really is turning away from and to God. John the Baptist is preaching that not about salvation because Jesus hasn't died yet. He's just talking to a, a generation saying, hey, I'm the forerunner. Return from that and turn to God. It's, it's a, it's so, so the scene, you got to get the picture. All the people are out there in, the, in, a, in an area and, and some, some, some rough people are coming out. Some people like you and I <laughs> are coming out to get life change and to get into the water. And John's saying, repent, you brood of vipers and talking to the, the religious people. And they were, and everybody's just getting this, this kingdom atmosphere going. And Jesus walks onto the scene in verse 11, Matthew 3, 11 through 17. John says, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fan is in his hand. And he will thoroughly clean out the threshing floor and gather the wheat into the barn. He's talking about separating at the end of the days there, the, the wicked from the righteous. He's going to do his job. Jesus is going to handle all that. But he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. And now Jesus walks on the scene. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. And John tried to prevent him. No, no, God, Jesus, no, I know who you are. You can't, you can't do this. And John tried to prevent him saying, I need to be baptized by you and you're coming to me. But Jesus answered and said to him, permit it to be so now for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he allowed him. And when he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water. So again, is it sprinkle? Is it go? What is it? Jesus came up out of the water. So Jesus went underwater. And so I believe that that's, is that important? I mean, it's not you know, a game changer, but it's important to do what Jesus did, right? And so we don't argue about it, but this is what Jesus did. If it's good for him, it's good for me. So when he baptized, Jesus came up out of the water immediately, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove, alighting upon him. So it wasn't, it wasn't a dove. It just looked kind of like a dove, the way the Holy Spirit came and sat on him. Holy Spirit came on Jesus, and suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, this is my beloved Chosen or marked, beloved means chosen or marked. This is my beloved son, my chosen son, in whom I am well pleased, in whom I am well pleased. My title for today is, I identify as. I identify as. Father, help me. <laughs> Thank you for your word today. Thank you for your calling on our life. Thank you that we can be your family, that we can be your kids, that you've chosen us, that you've given us baptism, you've given us water, you've given us salvation, you gave us the cross, you gave us resurrection. Lord, the heavens are open today because of your obedience and what you did. Thank you that we even have an opportunity to obey because you obeyed first. That you loved us first, so we love you. Lord, you are the initiator today. I pray you do what you do by your spirit in our hearts. In Jesus' matchless name, amen? amen. I identify as. Come on, y'all, y'all, that got you, some of you, and I get it. Uh, we, uh, we're, we're in a world that is in an identity crisis. We're in a world that is looking for identity in every aspect that it can, in every area it can. And, and um, God, here's the reason why, uh, because God built into you and I a, a divine characteristic of being able to identify with something. 
He designed that into you. That's why Hollywood knows how to make you and pull on a story to get you to identify. That's why commercials are successful with their ads. A successful commercial uh, tells a story, has a jingle, has a, has a line, has a situation that you can identify with or relate to. And so if you can relate to it, then all of a sudden you will think you can get that by buying the product. Does that make sense? That's a successful commercial. You were designed to be able to identify with things. Uh, ultimately, the main role and the main goal of you identifying is so that you would identify with Jesus Christ. So that you could identify with the cross. God built it into you so you could see the cross and go, I identify with that. That should have been me, but it was him. That was horrific scene. That was bloody. That was, that was hard. He took the punishment, but I identify. And now I can identify with him and, and what he did for me. I can identify with resurrection. I can identify with my need for a savior. You have that ability to identify because God created you that way. So you could identify as one of his kids, as being part of his family. And, and what's happening in this day and age is we're identifying with everything except him in a way. Let me just say this. If you're a child of God, if you're in the kingdom of God, if you've given your life to Christ, your number one call to identify is with a, uh, with a, as a son or daughter of God, as a family member of God. You are not called to identify with your sex. You're not called to identify with your gender. You're not called to identify with your culture. You're not called to identify with with um, uh, uh, a race, you're not called to identify uh, first and foremost with, with a family tradition. You're not called to identify with a business that you've built and your success. You're not called to identify with a denominational system. You're not called to identify with a certain category of church or a certain category of class or a certain category of people. You are called to identify as a son or daughter of the most high God. Jesus said it. Seek first the kingdom of heaven and everything else shall be added unto you. And I think we're in a crisis of identity, right? I was looking at different commercials and uh, remember the Marlboro Man commercial? You're like, you dress up like a cowboy and uh, buy them cigarettes, you're gonna be tough like the cowboy, right? No, you're not. You're gonna be dead from cancer. Like, quit smoking. You buy the red car, you're gonna get the three girls. No, you're not. You need to lose the keg and the double chin. That's what you gotta do. You gotta work out. The red car, you identify with the red car to think you're going to get that. That, that's, that is not, we're trying to identify with everything that we're not called to identify. And what's happening in this scene with water baptism, Jesus walks out on the scene. He comes to get water baptized. You got to picture it. Wicked people everywhere, like you and I, getting in the water going, I need God. I need, I need some stuff washed off my life. Here comes Jesus, the son of God. John the Baptist sees him and says, behold, the lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Jesus says, I'm going to get baptized. John goes, no, you can't. You can't. He's like, yeah, I can't. I have to. He's like, no, you can't. Jesus, you can't. Because if you walk into the water, what you're saying is you identify with all the mess that's going on in the water today. You're above all that. And Jesus says, no, I was born to be in all that. I, I came to identify with your situation. I came to identify with your need to be cleansed. I came to identify. I came. The best became the worst in that moment. Got into the water so that the worst could become the best. Divinity identified with humanity and its need so that humanity and you and I could identify with divinity. 
so that we could understand that the family of God is open to us, that Jesus sympathizes and knows and understands your need to be washed and my need to be washed and and our frailty as a human. And he steps into that water. John tries to stop him because of the message it would infer that he was going to actually identify with you and I. And he did so that you and I could first and foremost identify with him. Identify with his kingdom and his rule and what it afforded him at baptism. And I'm gonna give you five thoughts real quick and then we're gonna baptize a bunch more people. And uh, I think that these things are afforded to you and I um, as Jesus came out of the water and went into the water, some things happened. And uh, it's very important. I think culture is looking to identify because they have missed these things in their life. Number one, it says the heavens were opened. The heavens were opened. Can I tell you that the heavens are open because of Jesus and Jesus alone? That heaven is open, that there's, there's a season, and I would ask you for, for this, number one, would you believe for God's favor in your life? The favor of God, like you can actually begin to believe that God is going to favor you and, and, and bless you, and heaven's going to get involved. Some of you, it's like, it's like I'm, I just doubt, I'm just not sure, you've had so much disappointment in life, you don't want to get your faith up too high. Because of what Jesus did, heaven is open. That, that, that literally you have 60,000 thoughts a day. You need to manage those thoughts well. Like I'm believing for good. I'm believing for favor. I'm believing for God. I'm not, I'm, this isn't positive thinking. This is realistic thinking. Heaven is open and God is on the scene. Heaven's going to get involved in my life. Heaven's going to invade my situation. Heaven can be involved in my, my life, my day, my time. I just, I want favor. Some of you think like you're beyond the favor of God. Heaven opens, Luke 2, 26, important verse. It says, and Jesus increased in wisdom and stature. Listen to that, increased. And increased in favor with God and man. So, so that shows me Jesus grew in favor. He, he, he increased in favor. What does that tell me? That, that through obedience to Jesus, you can grow in favor. That, that favor's not fair. Grace is equal to everybody in salvation, but favor is not fair. Like, wait a minute. What do you mean? Grace, you get saved by grace and faith. You get the grace of God. You're in the family of God, but favor comes through what it looks like here. Jesus grew in, in favor. Well, it's by following God and obeying God and walking with God. There's a favor when you get water baptized. There's a, there's a favor. A lady asked me, is it heaven? No, it's not heaven. It's about favor on earth. You take a step of obedience to God. He takes a thousand steps towards you. And, and so, and so I just want you to believe for favor. All my kids, my kids are graced equally. I love all my kids the same way they're graced. They're part of my family. But can I tell you, they don't all have the same amount of favor the same week. <laughs> who's got, who's got the most favor is dependent upon who's making my life the least, you know, stressful. And like, if they're obeying, if they're doing what I ask, if they're doing their chores, like, come on, let's go shopping. Let's get you some shoes. No, I don't care about you, brothers. You're doing good, sweetheart. <laughs> they're, they're, you know, my oldest is still living at the house. He's, he, he's, we're, we're, but every t- my wife's like, you can't keep threatening to throw him out. I'm like, a favor ain't fair. <laughs> You're going to do what I ask. You in my basement, right? And, and so there's just, their favor comes through obedience. I want you to be encouraged that you're graced, but you can walk in obedience and expect the favor of God in your life. Holy Spirit comes on Jesus. Second thing that happens, he comes up out of the water, Holy Spirit comes right upon him. I want you to believe for power in your life. It is impossible to live a Christian life without the power of the Holy Spirit. 
without the strength, the help, the hope, the encouragement, the supporter, the guide. I mean, he's a guide. He's a teacher. He's he, he, he really Holy Spirit. At one point, the Bible says he's inside of you to cry out, Abba, Father. The word Abba means dad. Literally, the Holy Spirit on the inside of you cries out dad at times when you don't feel like you're in the family. At times when you feel like I'm no part of this family, the Holy Spirit's job is to remind you of the blessings of being a kid, a child of God. And, and, and you have this power that can come on you to actually serve God. I, I know I've tried it for years. I tried to serve God in my own strength. It's impossible. You need the Holy Spirit coming on your life. I would ask you to believe for power uh, that the Holy Spirit could actually come on you day to day. And especially taking steps of obedience, there's a Holy Spirit power in that. I went... Um, Last week, I, my tire was flat. I had a flat tire, and uh, it was about 15 PSI, and the tire it needs to be 38, and I had to pump it up, and I've been trying to pump it with this tool that doesn't work in my garage. I'm like, I'm tired of this. Someone told me about a handheld drill that you can go, and it's a tire compressor that can pump it up to like 150 PSI, and it's battery-powered you know, it's battery powered or whatever. You just, shh, you know, and I was like, I got to go get one of those. So I go to Home Depot. I search for like 20 minutes. I find this drill, and uh, I pay 119 bucks. It's like the, the good one. I'm like, I'm going to pay $119. I'm going to get the good one. I get the little box, and I'm check out and I walk out and I need you keep in mind I gotta pump my tire up like now like it's flat and I'm gonna get home and pump it up and so I look at the box and I see some tape on the box and it looks like it wasn't part of the packaging and I'm just like man I need to make sure everything's inside this box because it looks like somebody returned it and so I stopped right there on the Home Depot porch start opening that thing up and throwing stuff away and I get in there and I find the tool and it's amazing and then there's no battery I'm like uh-huh and the box says tool only. I'm like, dang it. They got me. So I go back in. I'm carrying the box. I talked to him. I was like, listen, dude, I already bought that. I didn't steal anything. I already paid for it. Thank you. Just take me to where I need to go. I need a battery. He's like, there'll be somebody on aisle 10. I'll call for him like 18 minutes later. Come on. Y'all know Home Depot. Somebody I'm standing there in, in, in aisle 10 or whatever. And the guy finally shows up. He's like, Hey, here's the batteries. And yeah. And he's got the lock and key. They're behind lock and key opens it up. I'm like, why are they behind lock and key? He's like, it's $179 for the battery, sir. I'm like, I was like, $179 for the battery? I just paid $119 for the tool. They're like, I know. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. I'm like, man. I was like, all right, I got to have it. So I buy the battery. And then I get that out. He locks it up. He goes, do you have the charger? I'm like, the charger? <laughs> I was like, man. Dang, no. He's like, you need the charger. You know? He's like, oh, but we got a special deal running today. You can get a battery and charger for 219 and you get a free little mini blower thrown in. I'm like, give me the deal, you know? It's like, this is stupid. I just, I just want to encourage you. The Holy Spirit comes with all the power and all the charging and everything that you need to have a life of godliness and to live beyond wickedness and to serve God and to overcome everything that you need to overcome. The Holy Spirit, it's not a separate price. It's not an add-on. There's no scam. There's no Home Depot out in waiting 100 hours for it. It's a gift from God that you get through walking in love with Jesus. Holy Spirit power. Believe for power on your life. Don't do this in your own strength. Jesus came up and the power of God. You cannot, let me say this to you. Jesus did no miracles. Well, let me say it. I'm going to figure out how to say this. Jesus did all of his miracles as a man empowered by the Holy Spirit. Why? Because he wanted to show you and I that we could live the same God kind of life with the power of the Holy Spirit. That he didn't have a special cape. He, wasn't, he, was, he was a man. He, you know, he, Jesus did no miracles until the Spirit came on him in that water. He did zero miracles. None. Once the Holy Spirit came upon him, the power of God was on him. He began to walk out a supernatural ministry in the earth. It's the same heartbeat for you and I. 
that when you walk in that, you can have the power of God to see miracles happen in your day-to-day life as you walk out and extend the kingdom. Number three, the Father's voice came from heaven. The Father's voice came from heaven. I was praying this morning for you, and uh, I said, God, um, I want people to know that you hear their voice, and he said, it's more important for them to know they can hear my voice. It's, it's more important for you to know that you can hear the voice of God came from heaven. Three, believe for God's voice in your life. Just determine that you're not going to go about any longer not having his voice. And some of you feel like you've too, got too much chaos. You have, you've done too much. You're too bad. You, you don't deserve it. He don't want to talk to you. You can believe for God's voice in your life because of Jesus. Like God wants to talk to you. He, we, people tell me all the time, well, how did you hear God? Like, even when I just said that, when I just said this morning, I heard God say, some of you go, how does that happen? How does that work? It's, con- it's called conversation. God doesn't have to scream at me because we're close to each other. And I just talk to him. And I, listen, I don't have some special preacher voice. God. I don't have some special prayer voice. Well, father, this is me today. I'm standing in the need of prayer. I don't, I don't have that. Like, like if anybody ever changes their voice when they preach or pray, don't trust them. Okay. That's free. I don't know. I just, I just, I I mean, you don't have, that's what we've done. We've made spirituality, this unattainable super voice and super cape. And no, 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 there's no, it's just, you can talk with God. He wants to talk to you, and I think it's more important than him hearing me that I hear him. And I know I'm a talker, so a lot of times I get in his presence and I talk and talk and talk. He's like, shh, I need to hear. I want you to be able to trust that you can hear God. My father calls me all the time, or I call him, and I can have all chaos breaking out in my home. If I, if I was on another call for a business call, sometimes it has to be a perfect environment. And shh, everybody quiet. And shh, I'm making a business call. Come on, anybody understand that? Shh, we're on a, it's an important call. Shh, you know, ah, kids, quiet. Shh, babe, shh. But when my dad calls, it doesn't matter. Stuff's burning, kids are screaming. Shut up, kids. Hey, it's your grandfather. Hey, babe, it's, 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 it's Papa G. And my dad's on the phone going, hey, hey, tell the kids I said, hey, I hear them. Has everybody okay? Yeah, everybody's fine. Hey, dad, hey, I got to call you back in 20 minutes because it's, it's crazy around here. Uh, uh, click, and I just can hang up on him and I can go about my business. I can forget to call him back for two days. And a couple of days later, he'll call me. Say, hey, what's going on, man? You seem like you were in a little bit of a, a, a frustration. Then. Uh, there's no... Listen, there's no chaos that doesn't keep his voice from me. There's no perfect environment that I have to create that he's going to talk to me or call me back. I want God in heaven. You don't have to create some perfect environment and be everything you need to be for him to want to talk to you. He understands your chaos. He knows your situation. He wants to speak into it. Can you believe for God's voice with me today that you could actually hear it? John 10, 27 says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. The next, the next thought, thought four, this is my beloved son. They hear his voice. And this is what God says. Very important for you to hear the next two statements. Some of you need to hear this today. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. This is my beloved son, my beloved son or daughter. This is my beloved son. Beloved means chosen or marked. This is my chosen son. Number four, would you believe for God's acceptance in your life? Would you begin to believe that God actually accepts you just the way you are? He accepts your past, present, and future, that he loves you, 
that he's going to change you. He's going to do the work that he wants to do in your life, that you're called to obey him and walk in him, but he accepts you, that God loves you and accepts you're chosen by God. God chose you. You're here not by accident. Your life is not an accident. You're chosen by God. He looked at Jesus and said, this is my chosen, my marked son. You're chosen. My daughter, she's sitting right here on the front row, turns 16 next Sunday. Come on, y'all pray for me. I told her we're going to delay that a little bit. I said, we're going to delay that. We're going to push that off a little while. And, uh, and she turned 16. And, and when she was about three or four, I, I would always say to her, I, I say, Anna, I chose you. I chose you, girl. And she's a real prophet. <laughs> and so she just tells it like it is. And uh, she was like, you didn't choose me. You had me. <laughs> That's what she said. I was like, well, you're actually right. But then I said, but I would choose you a thousand times over every other time. I would choose you. I would pick you. Some of you feel like you just were had by God, that God just puts up with you, that you just, that he just, you just got, he just got stuck with you. It's like being picked in, in high school for sports or middle school for sports. You're like, please just don't pick me last, right? Just don't, just don't be picked last. Some of you feel like you were picked last by God. God says, no, 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 no. You were chosen. I would choose you a thousand times over. I, I know your name. I know your story. I know your mess. I know your flaws. I know your chaos. I know the stuff you'll do in the future, the stuff you did in the past. I choose you. You're accepted by God. When Jesus takes that step of obedience, God says, you're my chosen son. And the last thought and we're going to go into water baptism today. The last thought, it's a little bit different than acceptance. I'd like you to believe for God's acceptance, but number five, I'd like you to believe for God's approval. It's a little different. God says, in whom I'm well pleased. This is my chosen son in whom I'm well pleased. My accepted son, we're all wanting acceptance, but we're also wanting approval. We're all looking to figure out where we are accepted and who we're approved by. Approved by, do we have what it takes? So let me say it this way. God not only loves you, he also likes you. God likes you. He's not frowning with lightning bolts from heaven. He's not mad at you. He's madly in love with you. To the extent of the horrific scene of the cross is how much he loves you that he would do that to himself to save you from himself so that you could be included and chosen and marked and 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 approved of. Some of you feel like you're not approved by God, that he doesn't like you. He likes you. My son's a senior. Uh, it's his senior year of soccer. He graduates. My second son, he graduates. And uh, we got uh, these things called fat heads. <laughs> oh, my son told me this morning, he's like, could you leave that in the car? Uh, but at the game, all the senior parents have the have the fat head and uh, we uh, hold these up and our kids out there playing and we're cheering them on. I got this fat head. I'm like, that's my son. And I put it up and you're trying to figure out when, you know, when to, when to all put the fat head up together, you know, and we're, we're shouting. I'm shouting for him. I don't listen. I don't hold any other parents fat head. It's kids fat head. I hold my kids fat head and, and I'm cheering my kid on and I'm his dad from the stands. And, and you, know, you know what happens when, when he makes a bad play and he misses a, a ball or does something? I don't go, oh, I don't hide the fathead. <laughs> I don't do that. I don't do that. I put it up. I was like, ah, it's my son. Way to go. Oh, right, you'll get it next time. This is my... And you know what my son does? He, he would say that he hates that we have the fathead, but he looks for it. He looks up in the stands to see if my dad has a fathead. He's like, and if I didn't, he would notice. And after the game, he runs up to me in the stands and he walks, he doesn't run anymore up to me. He walks over to his mom, not real cool. And 
<laughs> we either take pictures or say what's up or say good game, and he greets us, and I got the fat head, and he was looking at his dad's in the stand. This seems silly, but can I just tell you that water baptism is the fat head moment in the kingdom where God's going, that's my son. I approve him. I know he might make some bad plays, but I'm not going to hide the fat. That's my kid right there. And then you getting water baptized going, that's my dad. I identify as that. I identify with my father. I identify with him in the stands cheering me on. I identify with the kingdom of heaven. I identify as a child of God. I identify being on his team and walking in his kingdom. The Bible talks about water saving people. All through the scriptures, when God's kids came out of Egypt, they put the blood of the lamb on the door of their heart and put it on the door with salvation. You're saved if you have Jesus' blood on your life. But they left. And what happened? Pharaoh began to chase them. Pharaoh and all his army was a picture of sin and a demonic system and a demonic force that had had them in slavery. Every time you make a decision for Jesus, do you know there's powers and principalities trying to enslave you again? That's why when you got saved, that girl that, or that guy that didn't have your phone number for like four years calling you up again. Like, man, how did she, how did he, or that, that addiction coming right back across your path again, or that same group of friends or cause Satan doesn't want to let his task force go that easy. And so when God's kids were running out of the wilderness, they came into the desert and they come up against an ocean with a demonic satanic system following them, trying to enslave them. And they come to the edge of a moment to where they didn't know what to do. And God speaks to Moses. His voice comes from heaven. He says, what's in your hand? Moses raises a rod and the water, the ocean opens in parts. And God's kids go down into the water. And as they walk into the water, they are actually freed by the water into a new land with a new hope, with a new covenant and a new commandment. And the water that freed them closed up and actually drowned the satanic Egyptian army that was chasing them. When you begin to take steps of obedience and identify as one of his kids, and you take steps into the water, literally today, some of you are going to take steps into that water, and what's been chasing you is going to be drowned. Jesus said it this way, that you're buried with, with Christ in baptism, risen to new life. That there's newness coming out of this place. And stuff that's chasing you has to run. Come on, would you stand to your feet with me? We're going to go into more water baptisms today. If you're in this room and you know that you need steps to Christ today, I just want to take a minute. Maybe you're in this place and you've never given your life to Jesus. Maybe you've never identified with what he did on that cross for you. Maybe you've been trying to carry your own weight, your own choices, your own sin. Maybe you've been identifying with everything besides him. And you know today is the day that you need to be surrendered to Jesus. Maybe you've walked with him years ago, but you're away from him right now and you haven't walked with him lately. Can I tell you that God's arms are wide open to you? You're chosen and marked by him. If you're watching online right now, maybe you need a fresh start in God. Everybody's heads bowed and eyes closed just for a second. If you're in this room, you say, you know what, pastor, I need a fresh start with God. I'm away from him or I've been doing my own thing or I've identified with everything else but him. Or maybe it's your season to come back to him. Maybe something's chasing you and you're ready to come back to him today. I'm going to pray for you. I'm not going to embarrass you, but I'm going to pray for you. The Bible says if you would make Jesus your leader and your Lord and you would trust what he did on that tree to remove your sin and shame and guilt, to remove all the stuff you've been carrying, if you're willing to trust him that he rose from the dead, that you get a fresh start in God. If you need a fresh start today, no one looking around just for a second. Pastor, pray for me. I need a fresh start. Would you put your hand up high to me? I need a fresh start today. I'm ready to trust Christ. Thank you for your boldness.
Thank you for your honesty. I'm not talking about church or religion. Thank you for your courage, sir. I see your hand in the back. Thank you, sir. I see that. Come on, church. Fresh starts all around this house. If you're watching online right now, thank you, Lord. If you're watching online right now and you need a fresh start, would you just type in fresh start right now? We want to pray with you as well. I'm going to pray a simple prayer. If you put your hand up, come on, put your heart up right now in this prayer with me. Father, thank you for sending your son, Jesus. Jesus, I believe that you are who you said you are, that you are God. I believe you died on that tree for me. You took all my sin and shame and guilt, and I identify with what you did on that tree for me. I know it should have been me, but you did it in my place. And I believe that you rose from the dead to give me brand new life and to raise me from the dead. I thank you, Lord. I trust that you would be my Lord and you'd be my Savior. You are my God the rest of my life in Jesus' matchless name. Come on, let's give God a big shout of praise in this place. Yes. Thank you for listening to another Transformation Church sermon podcast. If you would like someone to pray with you or if you would like some ministry materials, please email us at hello at transformationchurch.us.